So the, the Bible reading this morning is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, and then verse 9 to 14. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Laura, and good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Cam Maxwell, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, I'm the campus pastor here at Trinity Church Tonsley, and uh, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this Christmas morning. Um, I want to thank Laura again for reading that Bible, a uh, part of the Bible so well. It's, it's not the usual Christmas story, is it? There's no baby in a manger, or shepherds, or angels. Uh, John, the author, doesn't focus on the details of the first Christmas. Uh, instead, John gives us, I think, the most amazing explanation of what Christmas means. Uh, so just for a couple of minutes, uh, in the midst of a very exciting day for all of us, um, I hope to explore just one of John's big ideas uh, about Christmas, uh, the big idea that God wants to be known, and that that is a very good thing for everyone. It seems to me, at least, that it, it feels harder and harder, not easier, uh, but harder and harder to know what's real and what's true in our world. Uh, there was a time when it was easy for most people to trust sources of authority, like governments, uh, major media outlets, uh, experts with years of experience. Of course, social media has made things uh, far more complicated. Uh, hidden algorithms and advertising dollars seem to decide for us what information we're fed and what we miss out on. Uh, words such as WikiLeaks, conflict of interest, fake news, corporate lobby groups, misinformation, deep fakes, echo chambers, and so on, all those sorts of words we hear regularly, and they make us realise how hard and sometimes exhausting it can be to work out what is real and what is true in our world. But rather than just give up uh, and a trust-no-one approach to life with a tinfoil hat, uh, the Bible passage Laura just read for us suggests there is, there is an authority source that we can trust with our lives. An authority source we know for sure doesn't have hidden motives, one that's not secretive or underhanded in their dealings. And ultimately, an authority that we know has our best interest at heart. An authority who will tell us all we need to know to live well in this complicated world. 
We heard in that reading about someone John calls the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. That title, the Word, it tells us that in his nature, God communicates. Of course, words are used to share information, to convey meaning. And to give that title to part of the Godhead tells us God speaks, he communicates. It's part of his nature because he wants to be known. All throughout human history, people have imagined all sorts of gods. But the God we read about in the Bible, by his nature, isn't that interested in being imagined or invented or discovered. He's a God who speaks. He tells us exactly who he is and what he is like. Now, this morning, you can rest easy. We're not going to go into deep metaphysics or the finer workings of Trinitarian theology. Uh, As a church, we're going to look uh, in far more depth at John's gospel in the coming weeks, which I'm really looking forward to. For now, though, something I think we all can uh, really grasp, uh, for those who are kids, uh, for those who are even brand new to the Bible, it's the good news that God speaks because otherwise we wouldn't know anything for sure. Let me give you an example of how that works. Uh, For me, you wouldn't know anything about me if I chose to remain hidden. If I never appeared anywhere, you wouldn't know what I look like. Uh, You could guess my favourite soccer team or uh, what I would like to have for Christmas. Now, if I wanted to, I could keep that information hidden. I could never tell anyone, and so no one would really know for sure what I'm like or the things that I like. Or I could reveal those things to you. I could tell you that in soccer, I go for Arsenal, who, by the way, are having a really good season. And for Christmas, all I really want is a nap. God could have stayed silent. He could have remained hidden. He could have never told, him, he could have never told us anything about himself. But instead, God has revealed all we need to know. And that's a very good thing. And it's a good thing because God wants to be known, not just known about, not information, purely, but he wants to be known, to be known like we know a friend. So God did go to the greatest length imaginable to reveal what he is like. He did that by coming to us face to face to show us what he's like. The word, the word who is divine in nature, who has existed from the beginning, the word became flesh. Those words, I think, are the most astounding words ever written. The Word became flesh. God, the eternal Son, became human. That baby uh, lying in a manger in Bethlehem, he looked like a normal baby from a poor rural family. But the nativity scene represents the links that God has gone to so that we might know him. We can know him, the eternal, the supernatural, the creator, the one who is divine, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, we can know him uh, like a friend because of Jesus. In Jesus, we see what God is like. He is gracious, he's compassionate, he's powerful and he's just, he's loving and he's kind. And because God has spoken so powerfully, so clearly and so tangibly by sending the word Jesus, a real person, into our world, I think we can have incredible confidence that we can trust that what God said is true. We can know what is true and real in our world. Now, I realise today on a day like Christmas, some have been dragged along by family members or friends to be here at church, or perhaps you're here today because just going to church on Christmas is what you do. Uh, It's wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. 
many of you might have uh, good questions about the Bible. Uh, you might have good reasons why you don't trust the Bible. Uh, firstly, it's really, really good to hear. And I just want to suggest, why not make this Christmas a moment of change in your life where you take some steps to look into what the God of the Bible is like with fresh eyes. Come to see who Jesus is for yourself. Uh, my experience uh, time and again is that those who have written off the Bible as a trustworthy source of authority have nearly always done so way too quickly. They generally find with, with amazement uh, what a rich and wonderful blessing it is to explore Jesus and his life further. When they investigate in good faith with an open mind, finding there are really good answers to even the toughest questions. Now, we have a few suggestions about some steps you could take if you'd like to make Christmas a moment of change for you, to look into these things again. And Kelly will give a bit more information about that later. Even in this amazing passage that uh, we hear where God steps into our world, we are reminded that even though God speaks clearly, not every one of us listens. We were told by John that even though the world was made through him, it didn't recognize him or receive him. It's not because God's not good at communicating. It's actually because often we just don't want to hear what God has to say. We read about the shepherds who worshipped our baby Jesus and the wise men. Alongside that, we know of King Herod. King Herod was just the first of many who wanted to do away with King Jesus. Jesus was inconvenient. He was a confronting challenge to our own self-rule. And the confronting truth, perhaps, that Jesus represented was that God does care about how we live. He really does care how we relate to him as God and how we treat other people. The words of God don't always say what we would like him to. And sometimes it really paints out, uh, points out painfully our own flaws. Uh, I personally find I look much better in the mirror in the bathroom before I turn on the light. When the light comes on, it exposes us, doesn't it? It's often way less confronting to stay away from, from the light, from the truth, from goodness. So I know that all of us, I know myself, have chosen to not receive God's word at points of our lives. There have been times when we've chosen to hide in the darkness, uh, to stay away from God, rather than allow our flaws and our failures to be exposed by his glorious light. And yet this kind God, this God who speaks with truth and light, the good news is he's not interested in just exposing us. Jesus didn't go to all that effort of coming from heaven to earth just to make us feel guilty or the opposite, to say we're perfect just as we are. He does neither. He actually does something far better than that. He knows our flaws. He knows our failings far better than even we do. But we're told by John that Jesus came to give light to everyone. And that light is a really good thing. It's like the light, I suppose, of a lighthouse. It's pointing the way to safety. For those who are in darkness, tossed about uh, by the storms of life, Jesus shows the way to safety and to peace. This is the light that gives security and certainty because Jesus is the light that reveals truth, he reveals reality, and the way to salvation. Jesus didn't come to tell us, just try harder or do these seven things for a happy and successful life. Instead, Jesus reveals a pathway to salvation pathway that we cannot find our own, a pathway that he sets down for us, not one of our own choosing to get us to God. It's a pathway we will not stay on without his help. Jesus came to save us from a life without him, from an eternity without him. As Susanna explained so well in our kids' talk, he did that because God really loves us. 
He doesn't leave us in our darkness without help. He speaks, he sheds light, and he comes to save us. This baby in the manger is the word of God, the baby who would go on to make God known, shining that light of truth, showing the way of salvation. But not just as a baby, of course, that word of salvation ran out clearest on the cross as Jesus died. What would have looked like in that moment as the darks of days instead was in fact a victory that light had over darkness once and for all. Uh, We know too well, we're reminded uh, time and again that our world and often our own lives are touched by darkness. Uh, Sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by it, be it the chaos of uh, suffering around us, be it due to the evil of others, or sometimes it may be due to our own darkness, our own failings. The good news at Christmas is that we can take great heart In a world that appears to be in the grip of darkness, light has overcome. Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, went on to win a victory that changes everything for every one of us. Darkness no longer has power, not where there is light. And that light has shone brightly as the word of God had made God known. I'm personally really looking forward to the year ahead as a church. Uh, Week by week, we continue to bask in that light, that goodness together, uh, knowing God more, more and more through his word. But for now, uh, thank you so much for being with us this morning, celebrating our first Christmas with us here at Tonsley. I do hope you have a very Merry Christmas, remembering that God wants to be known, and that is a very good thing. Would you join me now as I continue to lead us in prayer for a few moments? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you haven't hidden yourself, but you've shown your grace and your glory. You've shown us how much you love us in sending your Son that we might find life and joy in him. We praise you for his grace and mercy. We thank you for Christmas and for being able to celebrate the coming of our Saviour and our King. Thank you that here in Australia we can do that with freedom and in peace. We thank you for the great prosperity we enjoy in this country and the many things that we get to enjoy, especially around Christmas time, food, drink, leisure, As we enjoy these things, help us to be truly thankful that you are the one who gives every good thing. We ask you would lead many in our country to also turn to you in thanks and praise, finding salvation in your son, Jesus. Lord, we ask for those who find this time of year difficult, lonely or uncomfortable. Please bring comfort. Please bring encouragement. By your word and through your people, please especially make your grace and presence known to those who seek joy. Today we ask especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who don't have freedom or peace to worship you as we do. Please remind them especially that the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome. Lord Jesus, in your reign as king of our world, we ask for peace. We ask that hostility might cease. And we ask for those in positions of power that they might be humbled, that they would show restraint, compassion and great humility. In our own lives, uh, just as you have sought reconciliation with each of us, please so help us be reconciled with others. Above all, please remind us daily of the peace we have with you and the joy we find only in Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.